It's a taste to consider podcast. We back for another episode. Let's go. Love. Fuck rap, I'm a street legend. Black love me with a deep reverence. I was birthed in a C-section. Helicopters and police presence. We got ops, so we keep weapons. We all y'all block while y'all eat breakfast. A lot of shots, we broke street records. Say stick and sit a podcast. Let's go. Then we slide at the east exit. But every time we get the fucking niggas up, TMZ catching. Y'all still learning street lessons. From the mastermind first, you master grind and your team catching. This time it's for the money, I don't need credit. And I'm the dog, cause the street said it. Look. Fuck rap, I'm a street legend. And I'm the dog, cause the street said it. Black love me with a And I got pressure on me. Seven days a week is game seven on me. Life and test you out. She lived through that, that's testimony. Giving him hell, but how in the hell I got all these blessings on me? Most of the girls I know addicted to social media. All the time they put in, they could have wrote encyclopedias. Mama said it only takes one time to fuck up your whole Wikipedia. And as your son, I can see the type of life that you see me in. After what happened in Nipsey, I reached out to Kendrick. It wasn't even no real issues there to begin with. Lack of communication and wrong information from people fueled by the ego is like mixing flames with diesel. Energy crazy, I realize that it's a two-way street. What's coming is going if it don't give you more, it drains you. Should be a billionaire based on the time off I'm not taking. Probably why this shit with me get crazy and we lost a baby. And everybody around me think I'm the one. But we all just one of ones. And I'm walking out the crib, they ask me where I'm going. I told them I'm going on another 10-year run. Niggas is banging over blocks that they don't own. Thinking that's home. Boy, you think that's where you from? You don't really know where you from. You don't know how deep your roots is and what your ancestors had done. So God bless all of the sons and daughters who knew their history, so they knew where to take it farther. And all the ones that stuck with me like good barbers. Looking at my life story, God's a good author. Never was a lot of us in the room. We move like ninjas. And if it costs you peace of mind, it might be too expensive. Let's go. Bro, hit me up for cash. Like we didn't have the same chances. My dad hit me up like, why I don't live in a mansion? I'm trying to focus, but baby girl, keep holding my mind for ransom. And that ain't how it's supposed to be. This man home got to a beat. And his name shine too. I almost felt like it was me. Damn, I realized all my setbacks were inside of me. In high school, I learned chemistry, biology, but not how to cope with anxiety. Or how I could feel like I'm by myself on an island with depression on all sides of me. With a Glock 17 right on the side of me. Look, I ain't think I had a thought of suicide in me until life showed me all these different sides of me. Too many times I thought the Reaper was outside for me. And how the fuck is people that never met me that hate me? Place I wonder if Let's and go. Like my life purpose is to give inspiration. Despite the hit songs, that there's just no escaping. That I take care of my family and be the eyes that were deadly. You hate that, that just reflects your lack of succession. Bless them. If it ain't Nipsey Blue, it's Detroit Blue. It's that Detroit too. I'm bringing it back to my hood like D Boys do. Gone. So the collaboration though, the Nipsey and who? Oh man, I'll probably say Payroll or T Grizzly. Me and Big Sean. It's a taste to consider podcast. We back for another episode. Yes, indeed. It is Saturday night. I finally got to get back into my routine. Oh, man. It's the second episode since being back on the podcast. Man, I'm down here right now sweating. <laughs> sweating. <laughs> if y'all listen to some of the previous shows, y'all know that I had, I got a, a new uh ac and heating unit and 
this joint is the new unit is definitely working. <laughs> I'm down here sweating. I had to turn the heat off. <laughs> well, we back for another episode of a taste to consider podcast. The realest, one of the realest podcasts out there. Give you an assortment of different tastes. Yes, indeed. Let's start the show. Let me pull the music up. Let's go. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver, and we back. Back for another episode. Yes, indeed. Once again, we are back for another episode. I'm feeling pretty good, man. Not pretty good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Got to get into my show routine. Um, today was a pretty chill day, though. I just went to the gym, um, came home, and just got ready for the show. You know, uh, did my usual thing. Uh, cleaned up the basement, the tasting, cleaned up Rip's tasting room. Um, what else? Got dressed, you know what I'm saying? All that, you know, I, I kind of make, I, I'm in this, I had this impromptu routine that just happened out of nowhere um, at the beginning of season three. So, you know, we back into it. I can feel the sweat dripping down my face. And the crazy thing about it is I'm actually recording, video recording this episode. The first time that I video record an episode in a while. I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. It all depends on how the footage looks. And honestly, if I feel like editing, it. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I stopped video recording, because, man, I just didn't I just I just didn't feel like editing the video footage. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, let's start out with what I'm drinking. I'm drinking tonight uh, Amador whiskey. I'm finishing that bottle off. Before I buy something new for the show. So I got the Amador. When I was pre-gaming though. I finished off the bottle of Monkey Shoulder. And when I say finished off. It was just one glass in there. So this is the second glass that I'm drinking right now. So don't. Don't you know. Think that I'm going crazy. This ain't going to be no too. Too uh, too lit too fast episode. Not. Nah not this episode. <laughs> Uh, what I'm smoking tonight is an Alec Bradley cigar, Connecticut. Alec Bradley, Connecticut cigar. Alec Bradley is definitely one of my favorite cigar brands. Um, hasn't failed me yet. So, uh, yeah, if you're a cigar smoker, um, uh, if you in my budget of cigar smoking... <laughs> Alec Bradley is a good cigar, and the Amador um, whiskey is a good whiskey. I I enjoy it. Uh, the Monkey Shoulder is as well. So, um, yeah. So second episode back from my um, podcast slash social media slash personal break, um, and. The episode got a good response. The episode got a good response. Um, I'm always nervous about taking breaks 
from recording, even if it's just one week, because I get all out of sorts. Um, but I think it's more so me just in my head. So I kind of mess up things on my own by being in my head. But got a good response from the episode. Uh, I thank everybody who uh, reached out and gave feedback on the episode, uh, particularly um, people uh, responded. Um, of course, people always respond to the moments that I'm I'm being vulnerable and, and, and transparent. Uh, but one in particular, uh, take a puff. Um, one in particular was a feedback that I got about when I was talking about, um, you know, when I was taking the break over uh, Mercury Retrograde and all that, and I got, um, I had a conversation with my mom, and I got uh, uh, some very good feedback from that, in particular from um, a listener and a fellow podcaster who uh, has a has a son who was a teenager, and um, she responded to you know my conversation that I had with my mom and it, um she said that um it helped her to just you know try to see I'm not speaking verbatim but it helped her to see that she needs to have you know have more open spaces for her son to be you know uh vulnerable and transparent or whatever so that's a good thing you know um that's what this podcast is about that's what my blog is about my mental health blog greatest i am blog.com instagram greatest.i.am.blog that's what you know all this is about it's about helping people um i'm not trying to get sympathy or be self-absorbed by displaying trauma or or you know things that i've gone through in my life that's never the case um because i rather just not you know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I don't like the attention. I honestly don't. I welcome the feedback because it does, you know, um, encourage me more and and validate um, what I feel my purpose is. So, you know, I welcome the feedback, but, you know, it, it, the attention sometimes does make me uncomfortable. But I've talked about it plenty of times that, you know, that's that's the things that I have to work through and deal with. Um, particularly if I'm going to keep doing the podcast and I'm going to keep writing in the blog and, um, future endeavors of finishing, completing my book. I know, I know I need to complete the book, (laughs) but yeah, I welcome the feedback, whether you agree or disagree with me or not, you know, cause it's always good to see other people's, um, perspectives on things and stuff and you know it might open my eyes to something you know to look at things differently or to speak on things differently and you know help me out in a way to kind of walk through my path on things um yeah so let me look at the outline see where i'm at yeah so um i'm just gonna do a little uh quick recap of last episode the last episode titled going direct and i stated about how you know um uh titled the episode going direct because of 
me taking a break doing Mercury retrograde and, you know, if you into astrology and stuff like that, uh, once I recorded the last episode, Mercury was going direct. And in that in the midst of Mercury being in retrograde, you know, uh, I took the break to excuse me, to kind of just breathe a little bit, just breathe. And, you know, going direct, um, the past will, just in an example of Mercury retrograde, um, when planets go retrograde, certain things from your past come back up and stuff like that. So, um, going direct is all about, you know, through your path in life, the past will come up no matter how much you try to forget about it. You know, a lot of people f- uh, focus on their past a lot. Um, they aren't too present. I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I still struggle with that at times. But, you know, even when you're going direct and, you know, you're living in the present moment, you know, you you focused on working things in your future the past can come up. Certain things from your past uh, will come up, and that doesn't stop you from going direct. You know, it, it could be situations where you have to review some things, reassess some things. Um, you you are reintroduced to certain situations, certain people. You know, in order to see you know where you're at, or if things. If these people or these situations are are able to actually go with you now in a forward direction. So, yeah, I took that social media break and I talked about, you know, how refreshing it was because and it showed me that, you know, I had a, a, an, a, a mini addiction to social media. Um, the Mercury retrograde uh, was three weeks um, minus the pre-shadow phase and the post-shadow phase. Overall, with the pre- and post-shadow phase, it was um, uh, around six or seven weeks. So in the midst of once Mercury was in retrograde, you know, um, that first week I talked about how I struggled with, um, I took social media off my phone, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. I took it off my phone. Um, and I had to keep catching myself from picking my phone up because it was like an addiction. You know, that was that was routine for me. It was a habit for me to just keep picking up my phone and stuff like that. So once the second week came around, you know, I was a little bit more comfortable. And in the midst of the second week and going into the third week, it was to the point where I was leaving my phone around the house and stuff and I was forgetting where I left it. So it was very refreshing and even, you know, once I started getting back on social media, it was it was kind of like, damn, it felt it felt awkward. It felt weird. It felt foreign to me because it wasn't resonating with me inside. Like I was really saying to myself, well, particularly with Instagram, like Instagram, I was just like that. I don't, you know, I don't really have any connection with with what goes on with Instagram. It's not really for me. It doesn't really serve any purpose for me in my life, and um, it just it kind of causes more situations as opposed to um, uplifting me and 
in certain ways. It was more negative than it was positive. Twitter, on the other hand, um, it's, it's, it's kind of a different atmosphere in my view, in my opinion, with Twitter as opposed to Instagram. So, you know, I spend a little bit more time on Twitter as opposed to Instagram. Instagram, um, from from my perspective, and it's just speaking from me, it's just, you know, um, you can get caught up into a lot of uh, comparing your lives and stuff like that and being envious and jealous and stuff like that by being on Instagram because of the setup of it with the pictures and, you know, a lot of people showing off the things that they have, things that they get, um, trips that they go on and stuff like that, which isn't bad. You can do whatever you want to. I'm not, you know, trying to down that, but I'm just speaking from, you know, um, my point of view and certain reading and research that I've done as far as people who spend a lot of time on Instagram and their depression and their the depression numbers and anxiety numbers and stuff like that. So with Twitter, it's just a little bit more chill. I don't even be on there um, all the time every day. I have my moments where, you know, I'm, I'm I spend um, probably a considerable amount of time on there, probably more than I would want to or more than I should. But it it doesn't affect me the same way as Instagram does. Facebook, I've been done with Facebook, um, <laughs> particularly when the old folks and my parents and stuff like that and uncles and aunts and stuff start infiltrating it. <laughs> so I was done with Facebook then because I I started on Facebook when Facebook first started when I was in college. So I had my my time with with uh uh, Facebook and that that is done so um, yeah um, I particularly just use the Instagram to just promote the show and promote my blog and um, find topics on there sometimes or whatever so yeah it is what it is um, what else from last show uh, one thing that I don't even know if I because I didn't listen I didn't I don't remember um, if I went into detail a uh, about a particular portion of last episode and that because um I haven't listened to the last episode since I um edited edited the last episode and and did a little re-listen after I posted it but one of the things that um you know in the midst of me taking my break and stuff like that and and just kind of like diving into some things uh, personally with myself, uh, mentally and emotionally, um, was my relationship with God. And one of the things that I was able to assess um, in that in that break time was that uh, my relationship with God is still kind of in a place in a in a kind of funny place and when i say funny is um i'm i'm speaking to the effect of um i don't i f- i found out that i don't i i'm still in a certain place where i don't trust god as much as i should and it's funny because I thought about it when I was in the gym. I was working out, and I don't know what what how this came up. You know, I don't know if it was a a song that I was listening to or what, but my mind moves like I I think about a lot of things, 
and I I come up with a lot of uh, conclusions. I, I write a lot of things in my head. My my <laughs> my mind moves like a computer twenty four seven. Which I mean, shoot, when you think about it, the brain is at an actual computer. But yeah, and I was just saying to myself, like you know, um, I'm still having a, some some uh struggles with my relationship with god and uh um me trusting him and me uh me feeling worthy of his grace his blessings and stuff like that and yeah this is this isn't in a religious podcast anything but i think all of this is relevant and i'll get to that so yeah i was saying like you know um i don't think that i was I'm as worthy to receive blessings and his favor and his grace and stuff like that. And in turn, I don't I don't trust, you know, I don't have too much trust in in God and stuff like that. And I was I'm not I'm not I wasn't as surprised that I'm still there. But um, to the feeling that came over my body when when all of this was was happening when I was reviewing all of this in my mind and stuff and the feeling that came over my body was kind of similar to feelings that I was having in the past and that's that's what's so beautiful about the nervous system the nervous system will remind you of (laughs) of your past a lot you know if you haven't healed and and worked through things so I came to the conclusion that, you know, um, well, I already I already knew this, but just reintroducing this to myself um, was the fact that, you know, uh, I talked about plenty of times and I've wrote about it on the blog about, you know, uh, my upbringing and growing up as a child and uh, my parents not being emotionally available for me and my like particularly my dad not more so being, you know, f- physically present a lot even though he was you know in the house and stuff like that and it it had me just just you know thinking that you know which I already knew from just thoughts in the past that um our relationship with our parents or whoever raises us in our childhood pretty much dictates our relationship that we have with God because as a child we don't really know God we know our parents and we look at them as gods, you know what I'm saying? Even without us knowing what God is, you know, we we have so much reverence in in our parents, you know, we look at them as our protector, our nurturer and all that other stuff. We we have this this connection and and this bond with them without even really understanding what it is. And our relationship with our parents pretty much dictates our relationship with God. And it just had me, um, it just brought back to me that, you know, I still, you know, have work to do and not saying I'm beating myself up over anything, but just, it just reminded me of, you know, that I still, I need to get my relationship with God much more, I need to get a better connection with God and I need to kind of, well, not kind of, I need to um, move away from or separate. I need to separate, you know, my relationship with my parents and what I've gone through with them 
I need to separate that from God because it's totally two different things. But I thought about bringing this up because um, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of people out there that have difficulties with their faith and trust in God and stuff like that and not even realizing that it comes from how their relationship with their parents and how, you know, that relationship went and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was I was happy that 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 came up. And of course, it came up during Mercury retrograde, which is a good thing. So definitely um, something that I've been uh, working on, something that I've been uh, just making a priority because um it's important it really is um because me feeling as though that i'm not worthy of certain blessings and stuff like that is blocking those blessings whether it's you know not to say that god isn't giving me those things because i don't have faith and trust in him or whatever because you know as i as i see it god is all love he always has grace for you has favor for you and all that other stuff but by me looking at it that way i may not be ready for certain blessings that i'm worthy of or i'm putting myself in positions to not be able to accept these things or you know so you know it it entails a lot when you think about it it's it's pretty simple, but it also entails a lot. But yeah, I thought I would bring that up. Um, what else? Let me get back into. Um, uh, do I want to get back into that? I was going to recap a little bit of the mom talk, but I'm not sure. Um, let me see. Yeah, but yeah, going back to the mom talk. So. As I stated in the last episode, I had a conversation with my mom about my love life and how certain things um, about my love life um, correlated with me and her, me and my mom's relationship. And I stated on the last episode how it it was almost like I had to prove my humanity to my mom. And it's not to like throw shade at my mom or anything like that, but just knowing how the world is and programs and even just um, knowing, knowing or not knowing or understanding that, you know, my mom had a life before me and she dealt with men in her past, whether it was her grandfather, her father, what any other men that she dated, my dad, whoever. And those situations influence and shaped how she look looks at men. And not to say that it was it's any fault of mine's, but in some degree, you know, um, I don't think this is talked about enough when it comes to to uh, moms, so to speak. I think it's talked about a lot with dads, but I'm not I'm not gonna gonna uh, talk a lot about that i'm only going to talk from my perspective dads as far as when it comes to their daughters so as far as moms and their sons i don't think it's talked enough about how um you know 
the mom's past and her dealings with men and even her dealings with men in the present and how she looks at things like that, how those things can influence how she interacts with her with her son. And I'm speaking in general at this moment. And I don't think that's talked about enough. I mean, um, I'm going to go into this topic a little further in a later episode because um, I have a couple of books that actually discuss this. But I just wanted to, like, bring that up, you know, as part of the recap of the mom talk. So I don't, I don't think that's talked about enough or um, thought about enough from moms and you know just women in general who who think of having sons or have sons or raising a male or something like that you know what i'm saying i don't think that's talked enough about you know how that mom's life before and in the present can influence how she sees and, and her excuse me burp number one how she sees her son and how she interacts with her son and it's not brought up enough how a lot of times some of these moms out here see their 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 child's father or their husband or boyfriend or whatever in their son and they take out or they take out their frustrations and anger and stuff or project that stuff onto that son and that causes issues with that mother and son relationship and it just further goes it's just a cycle then once that son go becomes older he starts treating women or seeing women a certain way and stuff like that so i'm gonna leave it there but just remember i'll bring it up in a later episode so where we are um where we at okay still with the recap um two more things with the recap um particularly this the therapy the therapy clip that i played on the last episode so i'm going to play that clip again and kind of just get into it more because i felt like i i, I kind of rushed through it a little bit so i'm gonna play that clip again here we go we're humans we naturally have emotions we're supposed to feel you know and if you're not naturally expressing them it doesn't mean something is wrong with you it means that it's something that you just need to address mm -hmm. i think people feel like therapy means i have a problem right i think not going to therapy means you have a problem you I know you know what i'm saying so it's just like it could just be open dialogue you understanding more of who you are and how to improve area and let me stop it right there so two things i understand what she's what she's saying what she's trying to say but i won't i i'm not trying to go against what she's saying but i what i will say is that you know um if you don't go to therapy i won't say that you have a you have a problem because you won't go to therapy um as I stated last episode, you know, you have to be ready for therapy because if you aren't ready for therapy, it's no point of going. It's a waste of both the people's time. And it's and y'all don't y'all know I don't like using that term waste of time, <laughs> but it can be a waste of time and it could be a waste of money because <laughs> even if you have 
uh, insurance. Sometimes therapy isn't isn't um, cheap with the copay. So you have to be ready for therapy. You really have to be ready for therapy. You can't just go to therapy and you don't believe in growth, evolution, or or change. You know. So let me uh, play the clip again. You know, finding new areas. I find so many new things about me when I speak to my therapist. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that. You know, and then there's times where she's just, I'm just like, oh, I have to get better at this. And she's like, well, wait a minute, you're so great at this. Or, you know, you have time. Like, it just allows me to see life differently and kind of slow down because social media will have you feeling like, oh my God, I might as well kill myself. Yeah, so. Like she was saying, yeah, a lot of times when I was going to therapy, we had more conversations about um, current things that was going on in my life, like work, um, uh, friendships, relationships, um, just me, period, how I'm feeling in the moment and stuff like that. More so than we had conversations about going back in the past. Eventually, those conversations will come based off of you having conversations about current events because the therapist will start to see certain patterns that you you are you are having or you're you're doing in in your life so the past will come up a lot of times based off of you having just current conversation and then a lot of times like some of the conversations that I had about work uh friendships relationships and stuff was very therapeutic because it helped me to kind of see uh my role in things and um you know the role that I played in certain situations and um certain things that I couldn't see because in the moment I may have uh, been angry and stuff like that or you know certain things that I was letting slide from from people and stuff like that and and a lot of times I'll probably say 99% of the time when I left out of therapy, I felt refreshed, even if if those sessions were kind of tough. And most of the time, the, the tough sessions were when we were going back and talking about the pays. But other than that, a lot of every every therapy session was um, helpful. Um, but sometimes, you know, uh, even in therapy, the therapy is like just any other relationship in your life you're not always going to vibe with your therapist not going to get along with them um it's not going to click sometimes it's not going to be a connection there so that's something that people have to remember finding the therapist is like finding a healthy relationship <laughs> because I, I talked about it uh a few episodes ago about one therapist that i got into it with and it was a older uh black male and in my experience, since I've been going to therapy for some years, I've had the most issues <laughs> with older black male therapists, which is sad, but it's kind of like they were set in their ways. And particularly this one therapist, he was trying to go back and forth with me on some stuff. And I'm like, dude, you supposed to be helping me. You you trying to you trying to go back and forth with me about a word that I'm using or something like that. He was kind of. He was kind of like to me he was an asshole because he he was so he was he was so braggadocious about, you know, his 
his resume and stuff like that. And I'm like, we're not here about your resume. We're here about helping me and stuff. <laughs> so it was funny because even during Mercury Retrograde, this this guy sends me an email talking about some just checking in, seeing if, if you know, you might want an appointment and stuff like that. I stopped meeting with this bam months ago. So I'm like, dude, why are you sending me an email? I ain't even responding to that, Joe. <laughs> but uh, let's back to the clip. <laughs> Because mm. I don't add up to yeah. all these people, 100%. you know. And oh yeah, and just speaking of social media, she was speaking on social media, and like I said, social media, particularly Instagram, and the numbers have shown that Instagram is very detrimental to a lot of people's mental health. It is. I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, <laughs> so it balances you out. It keeps you centered. It helps you affirm yourself. Back then, for me. I had deep rooted issues from my childhood that I didn't know were still an issue because I'm not a child anymore, mm. you know, and I'm not still Give in the situation. Example. Yep. And like she said, you're not a child no more. You you don't have your interactions with your parents aren't the same as they used to be when you were younger. So when you start dealing with certain individuals in your adult life, certain things start coming up and you like, damn. I'm feeling I'm having a feeling that I haven't had since my childhood. The nervous system. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you may think that you've gotten over something or you heal from something or maybe it's just a new challenge with that emotion. So, like I said, going direct doesn't mean that the past won't come up. The past will come up even when you're going direct. And it may just be a, a, a reintroducing something or you got to review something. It, it might just reappear. The past might reappear. No, it ain't no might. It will reappear even while you're going direct. So um, me being upset with my mom for not being there. OK, I don't deal with that anymore because I'm not with her anymore. But if I feel like there's someone in my life that could possibly leave me, I don't even connect with that person. Mm. That's called abandonment issues. Wow. You know, so up, I'm not going to give them the opportunity to feel anything because because I think I like you or I'm attached to you and I know how that feels. You're never going to be next to me. You're never you're never going to break this wow. wall, you know. And so that's not a problem to identify, but it is a problem because. I can't really connect, you know, I'm stopping stuff before it even starts. I used to date that way. I used mm. to like try to purposely sabotage the relationship wow. and be like, just don't like me. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you still like me. Yeah. And like I was talking about going to therapy, if you don't believe that you, if you don't believe in change, that a person can change, that a person can grow or evolve, you, therapy is not going to work for you. Because and what she said is a classic example when you dealing with new people in a relationship or a friendship or whatever, and you start and you got abandonment issues and these situations, certain situations will come back up, certain feelings will come back up and stuff like that. You will self sabotage it because you are afraid. Point blank and period. You are afraid. You don't want to relive those situations again. 
you don't want to have those feelings inside again, those emotions again. I did this? Like, what's wrong with you? You know, it's just like me saying, oh, yeah, it didn't work out. You know, when it's really me saying, I'm just too afraid to get to know them, for them to get to know me and then become something, and then they leave me, and then now I feel how I felt as a kid again. You know, no one ever wants that. Whatever that childhood feeling was when we were hurt, no one ever wants to feel that. So I couldn't debunk that myself. I needed a therapist to help me understand this is where that comes from yeah you're still on therapy to this day 100 i think it's certain things that you won't be able to see because you're in the midst of that bubble so you need somebody outside that bubble in order to help you identify certain patterns certain feelings certain emotions one one therapist that i had and this was this therapist uh she was a black lady and i and in the time that I've been going to therapy, she's the longest therapist that I had over two years. And before I went to her, I didn't know how to identify. My, excuse me. I didn't know how to identify my emotions. Accept those emotions, process those emotions, feelings and nothing. She gave me a list and I talked about this on, on previous episodes. She gave me a list of uh positive feelings and negative feelings and i would go through that list religiously to figure out exactly how i was feeling in that moment and i still use it to that day to actually identify what i'm feeling and so i can be able to process process it you know and then it'll help me figure out if i'm um if I'm seeing things correctly, you know, because once you start feeling certain things and you you deep into that that emotion, whether it's anger, sadness and whatever, you may be looking at your outside world just looks totally different, particularly if 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 that feeling came about by dealing with certain individuals. And you will blame that certain individual or project those feelings onto that person and it really didn't have anything to do with it and i would say right now i i just like on the last episode i talked about how i had i had a particularly bad issue of taking things personally and internalizing things so back to the clip i'll be until i die mm. and i'm okay with yeah it. i will be in you therapy know, until like, i, I love die it. Every and it's okay to take breaks from therapy. You don't have to continuously go to therapy every day or every week or every month of your life. It's okay to take take breaks. And we got to stop getting into this mode and having this stigma out here that just because you're going to therapy that that means something is 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 wrong with you that you're quote unquote crazy. No, that ain't the case. Like like she talked about earlier in the clip about you know, you could just go to therapy just to work out some some shit that's going on at work or something like that like i said i i've had the majority of my conversations was more so about current things going on in my life as opposed to the past eventually we got there but a lot of things helped me just work things out with like work or friendships and relationships and and just you know how i look at myself week i'm with my therapist even if it's just so what happened this week and then she'd be like, wait a minute. Like I said. That's how you handle that? 
Or let's go back to that because you kind of ran through that and you should have felt something when you said that. Mm, right. So you get a chance to reflect on everything that yes. goes on through our life. Yep. Yes. Instead of like it like piling up yeah. until yep. it becomes a thing. Yes, it's just like a mm -hmm. how are you doing, you know, and then it's their professional job to to know voice changes and body language yep. and my therapy. I'm going to stop it there. It's funny because going back to uh, my black uh, woman therapist and she used to say all the time when before the pandemic happened, I would meet with her and I would sit in the chair across from her. I used to cross my arms a lot and she used to talk about how closed off I would be and in certain doing certain conversations, I would particularly cross my arms when I would feel uncomfortable or something was bothering me a certain way. And she used to tell me, no, uh, uh, you know, uncross your arms, open yourself up, you know, f you know, feel, <laughs> feel exactly what's going on in this moment or, or what this situation is. Feel it. Don't close yourself off. And you know, as, as men, and when I say men or women, I'm talking about black men and women. We have a tendency to close ourselves off a lot because of the stigmas and how we were programmed and stuff like that. We say, wait a minute, that triggered you. You sat up when, yep, you know, I triggered. asked you that or you sat down or you looked that way. And let's talk about that. And then I'm mm. like, you know what? That did actually bother me this week. I just didn't have time to deal with it because I was busy and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to put it behind me. And then we deal, we literally deal with it. Wow. And so it never becomes an issue again. And so therapy is just much more than I have an issue and I need you to fix me. Right. So I will be deleting that clip. I recapped it. I went back to it. I felt a need to go back to it because I felt I kind of like rushed through it. So I need to stop just playing the clips all the way through. And I'm going to pause and, and, and comment that way in the future. So let me remove this. Uh, yes. So last thing I'm going to re recap from uh, last episode going direct is the Will and Jada situation. So. And. I will come back to the Will and Jada situation on the next episode. I already have next episode planned out and everything already ready. So right now. We're going to recap, and we're talking about um, the sex stuff when she was uh, on the Red Table Talk with Gwyneth Paltrow. So, just to reiterate everything that I was saying, you can't have these third parties in your relationship. And I've seen it and experienced it before how you have uh, the woman or the guy. Even the guys be doing it too. They be, they they talk talk about their their uh their woman to their mom and stuff like that and their mother have this this disdain or this dislike for <laughs> the significant other and then they get passed around throughout the family with the aunts and the cousins and stuff like that so it's then it's, it's tension in the room when you have your significant other and even on the reverse when you have it and I'm not trying to be throw shots or nothing, but ladies, y'all know y'all y'all can get into y'all girl talk and stuff like that, and y'all talk about y'all man and all this other stuff. Even 
And and I would I would say even in a positive manner, sometimes women gotta be careful talking positively about their man to other women. <laughs> because y'all know where I'm going with this. Because y'all girl, who y'all thought was y'all girl, would try to go holler at your man or get a taste, get a taste. <laughs> Stuff like that. So I just wanted to reiterate that point. Gotta be careful about putting your significant other in tense situations because of you having too much girl talk or talks with your guys having talks with your moms and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Some you need to focus more on having conversations together. And if you don't know how to have conversations together, that's the beauty of therapy. Is is right there for you. <laughs> so that is the end of the recap of going direct. I'm going to take a pause. Y'all know how I do. I pregame so much, drink so much water from working out. I have to take bathroom breaks. So I will be right back. Yes. And I'm back. Uh, where are we? Let me look at the outline. Okay. One of the <laughs> the segment of the show that people love and also hate, the blackity black woke segment. <laughs> okay, uh, let me see. Let me sleep. Oh, man. Y'all know. Uh, y'all know. I know some of y'all hate it. I probably lost listeners and followers because of this segment. But like I say, I give an assortment of tastes for the show. You don't have to like every taste. You don't have to vibe with every taste. But there's no reason to dislike the taste. The taste being me. <laughs> so let's get into the Blackity Black Woke segment. Biden congratulates Big Bird for pushing COVID vaccine for kids after Ted Cruz called it propaganda for your five-year-old. So, it's no, it's no secret behind this. I, I think if people put their emotions aside and, you know, let me, let me start by saying this. I, I feel like I got to say this every time I get to this segment, and particularly because of the vaccine being so high in the atmosphere right now. My parents are vaccinated. My brother is vaccinated. My sister-in-law is vaccinated. A lot of my close family and friends are vaccinated. So this has nothing to do with me shaming anybody for having a vaccine. This is about putting information out there. And this is about going against this propaganda. You can do whatever you want to do with your body. And that's the whole importance of all of this make choices for yourself that you feel are good for you and allow other people to do the same so back to big bird soon as they say that it's okay for five and eleven five through eleven year olds to get the vaccine big bird pops up and say that he got the vaccine what kind of bullshit is that you know that's propaganda come on man we can't be so blind to this shit right now like it a lot of this shit is too evident like i say we got to put our emotions and stuff aside from this
Well, what do we have next? What do we have next? Um, Biden, speaking of Biden, Biden's approval rating fell to an all-time low of 38%. Actually, it's rounded up from 37.8%. And Miss Chucks and Pearl's approval rating is way, way lower. It's at 28%. Sad, 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 sad. Senior NIH expert pushes back on growing vaccine mandates. The senior NIH, National Institute of Health expert, Fauci's, one of Fauci's colleagues is against the vaccine mandate. He don't even, he, he hasn't even gotten the vaccine and he said he's not going to get the vaccine and he works for the government and you know the government has placed the mandate and the deadline is coming up and he said, fuck that shit. I ain't getting that damn vaccine. <laughs> Matthew Mamoli favors vaccinations in vulnerable populations, but argues population level vaccination could hinder the development of a natural, robust immunity gained through infection. It's already laid out plenty of times in articles and all that other stuff. I talked about it plenty of times on this show that natural immunity is much more stronger than getting the vaccine. Even outside of getting infected with COVID-19, there is a 99, there's up to a 99% survival rate. What we got next? COVID-19. Vienna Brothel offers customers 30 minutes with lady of their choice in exchange for a coronavirus jab. Vaccination uptake levels in Austria are among the worst in Western Europe. There's been a lot of protests in Austria that people don't know about because it's not on mainstream media. Roughly 64% of Austria's population is fully vaccinated and those who are unjabbed are now banned from visiting cafes, restaurants, and hairdressers. Pfizer is the most sued company in the history of the world for wrongful death and injury. And as I stated in the last podcast, a lot of the politicians that we believe in and we voted for own stock in the three companies that are makers of the vaccine Johnson and Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer. Like I said, this is a money play, and this is also an attack on our freedoms in this country. What we got next? White House tells businesses to proceed with vaccine mandate despite court ordered pause. Um, a U.S. appeals court recently went against Biden's vaccine mandate and said that it was unjust. It wasn't. What was the exact word? Um, I thought I had saved the article. But I didn't. 
is not is is not constitutional. Get back to your boy Biden. Your boy Biden. President Biden sparks debate using dated term referring to baseball player from the 1920s. That baseball player was Satchel Paige. And let me see if I have that clip. I believe I do. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. 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 Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. 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 Where is it? Here we go. Is this it? Here we go. Right here. Right on time. But, uh, you know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros, in the Major League Baseball, after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. The great Negro. The great Negro. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, y'all Negroes better get yourself together. <laughs> Man, I mean, people in the know already knew this about Biden. Like, people was just so, so programmed with the mainstream media trying to convince you that Trump was this and Trump was that, that you couldn't see who y'all boy Biden was. But he been this way for a minute. People knew. People in the know knew who Biden was. But let me get to another clip. 30 seconds or less. What kind of a chance would a northeastern liberal like Joe Biden stand uh, in the South if you were running in Democratic primaries against Southerners like Mark Warner and uh, John Edwards? Better than anybody else. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. My state is anything from a northeast liberal state. 30 seconds or less. Bruh. What kind of a chance... <laughs> And this was a clip back in, um, yeah, this is an old clip. I don't, I don't know what the year is, but it was an old clip. But that man Biden been telling people who he was for a minute. <laughs> I mean, shit, he told you on the Breakfast Club when he said, you ain't black if you don't vote for me. You heard me? I tell you, you Negroes, you Negroes better vote for me. <laughs> Scientists are attempting to grow COVID vaccine, filled spinach, lettuce, edible plants to replace COVID injections. I talked about this uh, on a previous episode. This is actually a new article that that popped up on the net. Um, but this has been something that's been talked about for a while now. So this is actually a new article just reiterating their their plans or their thought about plans on you know, getting people the vaccine through their food. And you know how um, I talked about on the last episode, how a lot of people who, who got the vaccine when it first came out aren't even considered fully vaccinated no more. And that's why these boosters are popping up, because these shots aren't effective. These shots aren't effective. Your immune system has always been the most effective, particularly if you've been taking care of yourself. So. Sooner or later, these boosters are going to be mandated. And that's what I've been trying to say for a while. All these people out here talking and trying to come at people, calling them anti-vaxxers and all this other stuff. It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's about the freedom of choice. And sooner or later, y'all people who jumped and ran and got these vaccines, y'all not going to have 
the freedoms that y'all thought y'all had because they're going to start mandating these boosters if people don't start coming together and stepping up. So back to this article, it says researchers at the University of California were awarded a $500,000 grant from the National Science Foundation developing technology that infuses experimental mRNA COVID-19 vaccines into spinach, lettuce and other edible plants. And speaking of boosters being mandated, here we go. A, a new story that that came out. The NBA has informed teams that the league and the NBA, the MBPA, the Players Association, is recommending that all players, coaches, and tier one personnel receive a booster vaccine dose as soon as possible. It was quoted as soon as possible in light of the current coronavirus situation and increasing cases. And you know how it always starts with recommendations. And as soon as those recommendations don't go the way that they want it to go, the powers to be, the government, the ph- big pharma, what they going to do? Start mandating that shit. So, like I said, and it's just, it's not even about being right for me i want to keep my damn freedom and i want to keep the people who are close to me safe (laughs) it's just as simple as that um where i'm at where i'm at it says this is a it's a news report Government data reveals shocking number of deaths, injuries directly caused by COVID vaccines. And I believe there's a clip to that. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Here we go. Let me see. Let me pull it up. Pushing back against the unconstitutional vaccine mandates imposed by the Biden administration. Already hundreds of thousands of people have lost their jobs or been fired just for demanding that their rights and personal freedoms be respected. And it's no surprise, considering the mounting evidence that the vaccines for the coronavirus are not only unproven, but now appear to actually be dangerous. One American News spoke with Steve Kirsch, the president and founder of the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, a group dedicated to raising awareness about the risks involved with the COVID injections. Our goal at the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation is to educate uh, people on the, the safety of, of these vaccines. What motivated uh, us to create this is simply the the number of vaccine injuries and deaths that that had happened after people got vaccinated. After I was vaccinated, I started hearing stories of people who were injured by the vaccine or people who had died from the vaccine. The most extreme one was from a friend of in uh, in Sweden, and three of her relatives died within a week after getting the vaccine, and they were healthy before. Kirsch recently testified before the FDA about his findings and raised concerns about these vaccine mandates. While the current vaccines are being promoted by government agencies like the CDC, Kirsch says his research has turned up startling evidence from these same agencies revealing the vaccines are responsible for a staggering number of deaths. Looking at the data in the VAERS system, which is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, this is the official repository for vaccine adverse events. And when you look at the number of deaths reported in the VAERS system, it's over 7,500 deaths reported. But it, the VAERS system is underreported by 
a factor of 41 uh, based on the CDC methodology. Underreported. So you have to take 41 times the 7,500, and then you subtract out the background deaths as well, and you get over 300,000 people have been killed by these vaccines. Kirsch explains that the most frightening part is the toll these injections are having on America's children, who are largely immune from the coronavirus anyway. Doctors and largely immune because they have a 99.97% survival rate. And the VAERS reports of the deaths of people from the COVID vaccine being underreported because you aren't considered fully vaccinated until 14 days after your second shot. So a lot of people have been having serious injuries as well as deaths within the time that they've gotten their first shot. And in between those 14 days after their second shot, they did that on purpose, you know, but what do I know? including pediatrician and heart specialist Kirk Melhorn, said four times more children wind up in the ICU. That was the end of that. So, um, where am I at now? Let's see. I'm on the road right now, boy. Um, yeah, and what's, what's crazy about all this stuff, this uh, back and forth between people who've gotten vaccinated and this quote-unquote anti-vaxxer shit and stuff. Like, people will really just... The humanity of people is just, like, it's crazy. People just fine with people losing their jobs based off of personal choice and stuff like that. Just This shit is crazy, man. The, the way people are going back and forth with this stuff. And I see it all the time on Twitter. It's just crazy that the, the people, man... People are so programmed that they have lost their humanity. They have really lost their humanity. Excuse me. Yeah. It's sad, man. It's sad. Let me see where I'm at. Let me try to catch up to where I'm at. Um, I'm going through the phone, going through my um my outline. Make sure I don't miss nothing. I can't stand forgetting to mention something or talk about something. But um, okay, let me see. Uh, Virginia Pharmacy gives 112 kids wrong doses of COVID vaccine. At least 112. Virginia children were given wrong doses of COVID-19 vaccines after a local pharmacy tried to make up for not having the new shots for kids, according to local officials. Ted Pharmacy in Aldi, quote, incorrectly administered, end quote, partial doses of adult vaccines to the kids, likely either not fully protecting them or even giving them too much, the Loudoun County Health Department said. All right, let me see the rest of the article. Authorities confiscated all of the pharmacy's remaining coronavirus vaccines and ordered it to con- ordered them to contact the families who to receive the shots. They were also sent guidance from the Centers of Disease Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to still get their second shot in three weeks as planned or to even restart the two-shot series after that time. 
just just straight dosing the hell out of these young kids who have the highest survival rate out of anybody. And this 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 is crazy because this is just like the shit where all these these uh newborn children and stuff uh getting autism because of these all these vaccines that they given at this short span of time shit is crazy they just be drugging the hell out of these kids the alarm was only raised by a quote by quote a good observant parent end quote who noticed the shots came from vials with the wrong color cap damn because Quote, because they did not have the children's formulation, they used the adult formulation, but only gave a third of the amount to the children. End quote. The health department's director, David Goodfred, told The Washington Post, which was probably a lie. Quote, our understanding from Ted Pharmacy is they were trying to do a workaround, which is not authorized. End quote, he said. Bruh. Man. 112 kids quote if it doesn't all go in or it goes into the body but doesn't go into the muscle or you didn't draw it up exactly to the correct line there's a chance you might get too little vaccine end quote he said quote there's also a chance it could have given too much end quote he admitted bruh they just out man all right moving on uh uh, article that was passed along to me right before the show. Appreciate you. Um, OPM encourages agencies to expand telework, remote work permanently in new guidance. And this article came out November 12th. So this guidance was just issued by OPM. And this is for government agencies. So it's saying to me that there's there's. There's been some discussions or some blowback to this, these government mandates to the point where OPM is putting out this guidance to for government agencies and contractors to expand their telework and remote work permanently. Why? I feel. Why? Because a lot of people are putting in religious exemptions medical exemptions, reasonable accommodations as opposed to getting these vaccines. And they don't want to lose employees. Contractors don't want to lose money. Government don't want to lose those contractors to do the work because there's definitely more contractors in the government than there are federal employees. So just something that I thought was interesting. And yeah, that's the end of the blackity black woke segment. The segment that is loved and hated, man. Let me take a puff real quick. I took three puffs. Let me take a sip. All right, let's get back to some, excuse me, some surface topics, 
surface, but they get important. But we're gonna get we're going anytime I do the Blackity Black segment, I usually do the TV and movie reviews before or after that, just to lighten it up a little bit. So now we're gonna get into the TV and movie reviews. I only got two things for you. Um this show. So I mentioned on the last episode about the show Love Life that's on HBO Max. And man, that it's it's two seasons. The second season just ended. Man, that is a, a that is a good ass show. It's a real ass show. That show is real as hell, man. I tell you. <laughs> that show is too fucking accurate. It's called Love Life. It's on HBO Max. Um if you got if you don't have HBO Max um and you know other means of watching it, trust me, watch Love Life. Love Life is is a show that everybody will relate to. They will relate to it because for one, it's talking about your love life. Two, it points out just like stuff that I was talking about early in the show and last show about your relationship with your parents and how those that relationship with your parents dictated it and and <laughs> I don't even know the the correct term to use for but it your relationship with your parents from the past and ongoing now is all in your current relationships, man. Like I love I love that I love that show. I love I love <laughs> I love the show. I love love. <laughs> I'm not too particularly <laughs> in love with my current love life. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> but nah, all jokes aside, man, that that's a real ass show. It really um it it points out a lot of it points out a lot of things that I don't think people think about. Uh man. I took some notes and I, I say to myself, I gotta start getting back to taking my notes. I stopped taking my notes for a lot of the topics that I do because I was like, man, I need to have it come off the dome and stuff and and it be genuine stuff. But like I told you, the way my mind works, you know, I had it's a lot going on in that mind. I'm I'm always doing a lot of thinking. Um, I'm doing a lot of analyzing. I'm doing a lot of writing. I'm having a lot of uh, work. I'm having conversations with my like even on a podcast when I'm speaking verbally, I'm having conversations with myself in my mind based off of the things that I'm saying. Like I'm always I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking. I'm just a thinker. And that has to do with, you know, my 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 astrology, my natal chart and the 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 moon, sun, stars, and quasars going on. But yeah. Love life, like first season was great. Second season was great. I identified more. Well, I can't say I didn't. Yeah, I'm gonna say that I identified more with the second season based off of it being it coming from the main character in the second season being uh, a guy. He was a black guy 
first season it focused on a, a white woman and her relationship, but both seasons tied in together. That's that's the beauty of the show. And it's funny because on on both seasons they had different narrators, and the narrators were different than the main character. So um one of the some of the things that I took notes on was um like I said, your relationships with your parents. And I talked about this. Your parents seen the other um your parents seen um their significant other through the kid and taking things out on them. That's one of the notes that I wrote down. And that was that that was pointed out a few times in the show. And so it's just not about, you know, your romantic love. Like it goes into all of that, your friendships, your uh, relationship with your parents and all of that, all of that dealing with love. Love isn't just about romantic uh, relationships as much as we are programmed to think. Also, Something that we've already talked about in this episode. I mean, yeah, in this episode, this podcast episode, as well as last episode was self-sabotaging and making decisions because you feel you deserve pain. You, yeah, you feel you deserve certain pain. Like you feel you, you grew up, you grew up a certain way. Um, Certain things you didn't get from your parents, um, emotional, physical, mentally, whatever. And you that's become so much of a pattern in your life that you you start feeling as though as you deserve it. So when you get into relationship and romantic relationships, even friendship relationships, platonic relationships. These things will come up. You start feeling as though you don't deserve certain things. So you just straight self-sabotage the relationship. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it was in one particular incident where the black guy was dating um, a, one of the, a girl and he really liked her. He really liked her. But she started she started looking at him and this was coming from the narrator's point of view. As though he was too perfect based off of her relationship with her parents, specifically her relationship with her dad and even how she saw her parents relationship, how she saw her dad interact with her mom. So she felt that the guy that she was dating, which was the main character of season two, was too perfect because he was doing everything right. He was doing things that she wasn't used to. So she got scared. She got scared. She started self-sabotaging it. She cheated on the Bama. Cheated on him, left him, gave him no explanation why she left him, just stopped talking to him. All of that. Crazy. What else? And one of the things that I, I got from the show was that a lot of people don't have a model of what a healthy relationship is. So a lot of us is just self out here self-sabotaging, not thinking we worthy of things, not knowing how to actually communicate with, with a partner, p- 
period, whether it has to do with just living together, going out together, what you like and what you don't like, um, sex. We talked about that with Will and Jada and stuff like that. Like people don't have that model of what a healthy relationship is. Excuse me. And then another thing that was pointed out to me from the show was that, like I've already talked about, if you don't feel you can grow or change, like people will come out here and say, you know, that's just who I am. Um, if you can't deal with it and all that other stuff or um, I I don't believe in change. I don't believe a person can change. I don't believe I can change. I don't believe I can grow. So if you don't believe that you can change and grow within yourself, how do you really expect or think that you can have a relationship, a romantic relationship? Because in a romantic relationship, it's all about learning another person and growing with another person and even dealing with their changes and them dealing with your changes and your growth and evolution and stuff. It doesn't make sense. But we we are so wrapped up into our habits and the traumas that we've gone through, our fears, our anxieties and our worries and stuff that we will just be like, even in that clip, the therapy clip, when she was talking about self-sabotaging, like, you just roll, you just leave, you just like, fuck it, you know, you will, you will sit there and blame the other person before you take the time to look in the mirror and see what you have to do or your role in things. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here saying it's crazy and, you know, I don't like using that word, but it's just for, you know, just a way of speaking. That's just how, you know, certain times, you know, people just say like, man, that's crazy, man. Damn. So that's where I'm coming from. when I'm saying that's, that's just crazy, man. It's, it's when I'm saying that it's crazy. I'm actually saying what I need to say is, man, that's sad, man. Damn. It's sad that we have to go through this. It's sad that we have that we've been programmed to feel this way, you know, and it's just all this stuff is just like you. You can sit there all day long and blame your parents and blame somebody else or whatever. But this is all about cycles. We are all just running in cycles. We we passing things along. We coming from, even if, if we have a cycle within our family, we passing that cycle along and along to another person outside of the family, whether it's in a platonic or a romantic relationship. And then if that person isn't healed enough, if that person isn't healed or understand their traumas or their triggers and stuff like that, they, that, that cycle is attaching themselves to that person and then they passing it along in their family it was like even when i watched last night when i was watching venom 2 and the symbiote the symbiote or symbioid or whatever it's called and how that that symbioid or that symbiote or whatever it is attaches itself to your to your body and that's what cycles are it just attaches and if we don't break that cycle it's just gonna keep passing down whether it's in the in our family, if you having kids or if it's just if you interacted with somebody in a platonic way or romantic way and you hurt them based off of your your traumas and stuff like that. Hurt people hurt people. The cliche term, but it's real. I mean, that's just what it is, man. It's, it's sad. It is sad.
Mm. But yeah, Love Life. It's a good show. It might trigger you. Ain't nobody. It's going to trigger you. At some point in one of those ep- one of those 10 episodes from season one or one of those 10 episodes from season two is going to trigger you. <laughs> but, man, I love the show. It's a real ass show. And I said it on uh, last episode that I like I enjoy that show more than Insecure. Not to say Insecure is a bad show. I love Insecure, but love life, man. That's a real show. And I'm all about trying to. And I I talked about this. I'm all about it's to the point where I had to calm myself down from being so caught up into healing. But I'm all about the Sagittarius in me is all about learning. It's all about finding out new things. It's all about being analytical and discovering new things and stuff. So, yeah, Love Life is a great show. (laughs) So that's the TV review. Um Movie review. I watched the um, what is it? The harder they fall on Netflix. The the um, the Western movie that was produced by Jay Z. That's featuring uh Regina King, Idris Elba, Lakeith Stanfield, and um, Delroy Lindoy, Lindo. Uh, shoot, all all the actors, <laughs> all the all the. The good black actors, Jonathan Majors, the up and coming superstar right now, just everywhere. The movie, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, the movie pointed out a lot of things um, when it comes to y'all know I talk on this show a lot about um, lineage and and stuff like that and genealogy and stuff. And it pointed out that a few times how black people are the real American Indians, the real indigenous people of this land, the aboriginals of the Americas. They made reference to that a lot. It's funny because before I watched the movie, I waited a while to see people's reviews on Twitter and stuff like that. And a lot of the the blackity black folks on Twitter that I follow, <laughs> I'll be, I be in the same space with them sometimes, but sometimes I they just be going a little bit too overboard, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They the people that be on Twitter all day, every day, 24 hours, 365 days a week <laughs> talking that 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 autos and FBA stuff, <laughs> which is cool because I mean, because it, it's them, you know, what I'm saying I'll never shame nobody for being them because, you know, what I'm saying I, I want to be me. But what was interesting was a lot of them was, you know, I talked about this before on the podcast, too, about, you know, uh, how a lot of British black actors are put in roles of black American people like. uh, Excuse me, the um, Aretha Franklin movie um, that didn't have a Western name in it. I forgot her name from American Idol, but. A lot of black um, British actors get a lot of acting jobs. They take a lot of take a lot of black acting roles from American black actors. So that's something that's talked about a lot on Twitter. And, you know, of course, people had to um, talk about Idris Elba being um, one of the lead roles in this movie as a black American cowboy. But. 
I be with them sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I understand where they be coming from because it do be a lot of black British actors taking jobs that black Americans should be getting. But with Idris Elba, Idris Elba been around so damn long doing movies in in America that it, it, it shouldn't be no argument at this point when it comes to him. I understand the newbies. I definitely understand that. But with Idris Elba, I mean, at this point, shit. Nobody should be complaining about that because Idris Elba been acting for a minute and he been in some classic movies and TV shows. But um, <laughs> one of the other things that a lot of them was talking about on Twitter was the fact that uh, some of the music in the movie was, well, not even some of it. It was damn near all of the movie, Jamaican music. And I believe the director is is uh, of Jamaican descent, if I'm not mistaken. But he's definitely not American, a, bl- a black American. He's he's of Jamaican descent or something else. I forgot what it was, but I understood what they were saying when I watched the movie. It was a lot of Jamaican music. But, I mean, it wasn't that big deal. Like I said, man, sometimes they be on that joint. Blackity black Twitter, man, that joint be. <laughs> they be ruthless on that joint sometimes. And y'all know I got my mind on, I got my own mind on how things go with our lineage and the all of us being from Africa thing and knowing my genealogy and knowing that I'm a, uh uh american indian a descendant of of american indians and stuff like that but yeah some they they be they be going for it man but overall the harder they fall was a good movie it was some good acting in there i enjoyed the movie so moving on from the tv and movie reviews um i got let me see i got three clips to play and then we gonna get up out of here um right now we had a minute and 29 seconds i was hoping i wasn't gonna go this long but the show was turning out to be a great show i must say myself so let me pull up this clip and it ties into everything y'all know every every show kind of i got my i got my concepts of shows and they they just be tying all together so let me play this clip right here a clip that I came across after I got back on social media um, from my break from pod, from podcasting, listening to podcasts and being on social media and all that other stuff. But I thought it was interesting and it ties into everything that I'm talking about this episode and last episode. And I forgot to mention that November is Men's Health Month, which ties into everything as well. So let me play the clip. So I asked men what it is they felt they needed from their partner. And the majority of men said a safe space, positive affirmations, and affection. Which was kind of surprising because there was no like, oh, she's got to have sex with me all the time. And her tits have got to be huge. And she's got to cook and bear me children. There's no superficial things like that there was no physical appearance brought into it it just seemed more like men were looking for peace and support and acceptance and to just be loved on and i don't know about you but i grew up being told that the way to a man's heart was through his stomach and it kind of made sense on why i was single because i'm not that great of a cook 
but it actually seems like it's more simple than that and i feel like us as women we need to stop creating this environment of what we think men want and just listen to what they need talk to them sis talk to them and this just goes down to what i was talking about early and even with the mom talk situation and some of the topics that i had on the last episode about like men black men aren't our humanity is like non-existent when it comes to the eyes of black women and society i mean we know this by the way they kill us on the street all the time and i'm not for division when it comes to black men and black women i'm not for that not for that but we have to be honest that there is division in play. Excuse me. It started from slavery. I talked about it before on Still Lynching. Past episode, great episode, Still Lynching, where I talked about the Willie Lynch syndrome. All of this started from then when our house was divided and the system of white supremacy has continued to put in place traps and programs to keep that house divided. Black men aren't seen as humans. We aren't seen as having feelings we're seen as monsters we're seen as being beast even to our own women black men want to feel safe too i talked about it on the previous episode of how black men take relationships more serious than black women i forgot what episode it was but that's how I feel. That's my opinion. I'm not saying you have to agree with it, but I believe black men take relationships more serious than black women because of programs, because of how growing up women saw that relationship is important. Being in a relationship, getting married, having kids, that's important. So a lot of women will see a relationship any any guy that they get into a relationship with as the one they're in a rush to settle down when men actually settle down they're serious they're serious about being in relationships when a black man chooses to be in a relationship he is serious about being in that relationship i ain't, i'm not saying that that's that's the case for all black men i'm definitely not saying that because I know it's a lot of black men out here that, that do their thing, that run the streets and stuff. I understand that. But we have to start being honest with the fact that black men, black men's humanity is non-existent. We want to feel safe as well. We want that nurturing we want that love. We want that affection. We want those affirmations, all of that. We, we want that. We need that. We need that. We need that. Stepping out into this world, 
both black women and black men go through our own things. But like I said, when it comes to society, black men are seen as just shit. So we need that, particularly for the fact that we don't understand our emotions or feelings. A lot of us, um, we don't know how to process it. But I'm not sitting here saying that that's all black women's fault. Next episode, I will be going in on us. I will be going in on us black men and how we perpetuate a lot of the stigmas um, that we deal with. Because we definitely play a role. Definitely. I'm all about playing roles. I understand that. I understand that I can be an asshole sometimes. I understand that I can go off the rails. I understand I can close myself off. I understand that. And it's it's to the point that when some of those things happen, I, I beat myself up badly because of that. And that's something that I had to work on in therapy um, about that. But we have to start communicating and not just looking at it as though all black men need is, is sex and food. No. We want to be loved up on too, man. We want to be complimented. We want to be taken out on dates. We we want all that shit too. That makes us feel good too. We're human. It it goes beyond gender and it comes down to humanity and what humans need. Like I, I said on the last episode, I self-love is important. Definitely is important. But we were created we were brought here to be together i mean if it was all about self-love all the time then we would have been created individually on our own planets and just been moving along by ourselves but it's not we supposed to be collectively working together but let me play this other clip And one thing we underestimate about men. I'll go first. Men's feelings. You can see it all the time online. There's always some woman online talking about a man needs to make sure her feelings are reassured, how she needs to feel secured, how she needs to feel validated. Me, 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 me. That's all you fucking hear. You never hear about a woman talking about how a man should feel reassured and validated and secured as well. Because, you know, he's human with human emotions. A lot of y'all are fucking selfish. You don't let that man know it's okay for him to come talk to you. It's okay for him to come vent. It's okay for him to come cry. It's okay. No, because the man is afraid to come and talk to you because he's afraid that you're going to weaponize his feelings and use it against him later. A man has to sit in the car for 15 minutes because sitting in that lonely car is more safer than going home to his wife or girlfriend. But happy wife, happy life, right? Because as long as the woman is happy, that relationship is doing just fine, no matter how that man is feeling. And that, my friend, is fucked up. Hey, man, I said it before on Unproductive Unapologetic Podcast. Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, U-A-N-D-U underscore network, U-N-U network. All the other podcasts on that network is there. Check them out. But, yeah, happy dude, happy mood. It can't just always be happy wife, happy life, man. Happy dude, happy mood. <laughs> Like I said, man, a lot of times, you know, a lot a lot of men are 
are, you know, closed off. They can be cold and and it's not necessarily on purpose. A lot of us, like I said, we don't understand our feelings. We don't know how to process our feelings and stuff like that. And we don't have a lot of safe spaces. So we hold a lot of the emotions and feelings in. And a lot of times they could just burst out and and done in a in a a bad manner, in a wrong manner where um it's taken out on our lady and stuff like that. But we're human, man. You know, we need these safe spaces, but a lot of times, you know, we're closed off because we just feel like, you know, if we get into an argument or something, then we're going to be called a weak ass nigga or something like that. And even just because of the stigmas out in the world and how society has programmed everything is that we are actually afraid to be vulnerable with our lady at times if those safe spaces aren't presented to us because we don't want it to be used against us or us to look weak and stuff like that. Because from the moment we step out in the house, we are just like in this mode of bravado, ultra ego, ultra alpha male, da 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 da, all of that. You know what I'm saying? We have to be on guard 24-7, it feels like. So we got to get to the point where we start seeing it as men are human. We have that, we we just as human as y'all are. Stop that men are from Mars, women are from Venus shit. Just see what I'm saying? All this shit has been programmed over the years. Yeah, we may look at things differently, but it's because of these programs. When it comes down to it, we are human as well. We have feelings. We have emotions. We need love. We need affection. Da-da-da-da-da. And this is, goes back to like what I was saying about the mom and son relationship. And a lot of times it starts there. Like we learn how to interact with women based on our interactions with our mom and then vice versa. Like women, you guys are learn how to interact with guys or how to see guys based off of your relationships with your dad. So think about that. Think really think about that. Really think about put yourselves in our shoes and really understand how, you know, things may be. So I'm going to end it off with this clip right now. Um, let me see. Yeah. And just and just like, you know, just talking about the hum- the humanity and men being human and stuff like like those are really just basic human needs, just like really basic human needs. Like we really have to come down to just understanding and interacting with each other man and woman like basic human needs just basic human needs and one of the number the number one basic human need is love it is love (laughs) but yeah i i I do understand we you want we 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 are we can be like hard as hell sometimes but shit these days, it's a lot of women out here that's hard as hell, but it's based off of circumstances, based off of programs, based off of their their relationship with their dad and what their mom was telling them, you know, based off of their hatred for their dad and stuff like that. See how all this stuff connect? But 
Let me end it off. Yeah, when a man clip. says he's tired, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Expound on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, the suicide rate amongst men, uh, we're three to four times as likely to die by suicide than our women. Mm. Uh, nine out of ten people who live to be over 100 are women. Over 70% of homicides are by men in the United States. So, so long we tell each other, we give each other promises. Stay strong, brother. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, that's telling us when we're weak, we're not a man. You can't stay strong. Mm. I could put, I can just put the bar, a 45-pound Olympic, tell you to hold an Olympic bar uh, out on the bench press. Say, I want you to hold that till tomorrow. <laughs> you won't. You have, we have to be careful of the misleading mantras that we say. You know, uh, what doesn't kill you can only make you stronger. That's not true. Or everything in moderation. No, uh, less than an ounce of cyanide will kill you. Mm. So we have to be careful how we program ourselves. So when a man is tired, a strong man is tired. When I say believe him, what I mean is welcome him to rest. Allow him to decompress. You're tired, brother. What do you need from me? I don't need to ask you to do something else. You got to understand, when you're like us community servants, no one will ever stop you from helping them. You have to stop yourself. And that's what I mean by that. So many of us, we work past fatigue, again, for that affirmation. It's hard to say no. And that's one of the greatest things I've learned to master is saying no. I can always come back to say yes. But when I say yes first, now I'm committed to something. And then I'm typically operating in frustration. And so now when a strong man tells you he's tired, believe it. And then do something about it to help him rest and recover. If not, just like an athlete, uh, Kevin Durant, for instance, when he went back too soon after the injury. That's right. We, we go right back out after someone gets killed in our family. We expect life to be normal. My mother passed in 2016. I expect just to forget it and keep moving, and it still crushes my heart to this day. No, it takes time. And as, as, as brothers we and sisters, we need to be patient and loving and understanding, and grieving is a lifelong process. Healing is a lifelong process. And as we always say, there's no point of arrival. It's a, it's a constant state of evolving, becoming better, becoming better. Hey, I'm going to comment on the last part he said first. Like, I was talking about change and growth and how people just don't see it in the evolution. Like, it's supposed to be constant. Like, we're not supposed to stay the same <laughs> from the time we were born to up until whatever we to the time we die you know i'm about to be 40 years old november 30th uh 18 days from now i may still have some of the same struggles but i'm definitely a different person i'm definitely growing i've definitely been evolving and stuff like that but you still will have your moments of being tired and when a black man says he's tired it is a to me in my opinion it's a dangerous that's a dangerous term for a black man to use it really is a couple episodes ago i did an episode i am not okay and it ruffled some feathers people was concerned i was tired like i said last episode this year this one year 2021 has encapsulated over 20 years of my life like this one year i've gone through the same things all of the same things same people and everything in that 20 year span just in this one year and what's that's what that's saying to me is 
what that's saying to me is is like it's no coincidence all these planets have been in retrograde this year i'm having to review a lot of shit like it's it's saying to me god is saying to me god my angels the universe my ancestors spirit guys all of that is saying to me it's time to make (laughs) some different it's time to just it's time to make some different decisions it's time to really let a lot of this these these thought processes um it's time to let some shit go it really is like i'm it's it's like i'm coming to this point where hey you've been saying you want this 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 different life you've been wanting this type of life so we about to remind your ass all the stuff you've been going through so you're gonna have to make a choice or is this the con the the culmination of of soon as i'm about to Excuse me, as soon as I'm about to turn 40, my life about to change. That's what it's saying to me. I'm about to be 40 years old. This is about to be a, a this is about to be a new life for me. <laughs> but it's dangerous when you hear a black man say that he's tired. Because like he said, he talked about the suicide rates and stuff like that. And black men have the highest percentage of suicide in the country, man. It's 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 deep but yeah i'm gonna end the podcast here this has been a great show man i've really enjoyed it um i'm back in the groove i feel i feel great i look great shit about to be 40 years old (laughs) i'm feeling good um yeah i appreciate all the feedback from the last show keep it coming um yeah, I I appreciate all the people who want to come on the show. We're going to work it out. You know, things got to, you know, I'm the type of person that I always talk about um, energy, energy, vibes, vibes, vibes. So it has to work out for me. So it's not it's not nothing personal, anything like that. It has to make sense for me. It has to feel right for me. So I believe it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. Um, but, yeah, keep it coming, man. Um, I appreciate everybody. I I appreciate myself. I appreciate the show, man. So I'm going to end the show off with a song. If I put this up on YouTube, YouTube, you're not going to hear this song. But, you know, for my loyal listeners on all the streaming services, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon, you know, you're going to hear the song. (laughs) So, uh, uh. Let me end it right here. Instagram, a taste to consider podcast. Um, Greatest.i.am.blog on Instagram. Greatestiamblog.com. A taste to consider.com. I've been being kind of lazy. I ain't going to lie. I've been being kind of lazy putting up the uh, fall winter merchandise on there. But I'm going to sit my black ass down and do it. So. We're going to get up out of here. I appreciate y'all. It's a taste to consider podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silva. Let's go.
sold it all from crack to OPM In third person, I don't wanna see him So I'm rehearsing with my people's how to GM From a remote location in the BM Scoping the whole situation like damn Metamorphic as the dope turns to cream But one of these buyers got eyes like a Korean It's difficult to read them The windows to his soul were half closed I put the key in Say sick and sit a podcast Chink try to knock the only link to tie me in Cowboys was watching us through nighttime binoculars This time they got us on tape exchanging dope for dollars Make me wanna holler back at the crib of the sauna Praying my people bailed out like time warner Awaiting call from his kin Not the coroner phone in my hand Nervous confined to a corner Beads of sweat, second thoughts on my mind How can I ease the stress and learn to live with these regrets This time this is the number one rule for your set in order to survive Gotta learn to live with regrets On a rise to the top, many drop Don't forget in order to survive Gotta learn to live with regrets Say stick and sit a podcast This is the number one rule for your set in order to survive Gotta learn to live with regrets If you watch travels, we get separated Never forget in order to survive Gotta learn to live with regrets sure is this Turning souls burning in search of how you're learning Turning in every direction seeking direction My mom's crying cause her insides are dying Her son trying her patience Keep her heart racing A million beats a minute I know I push you to your limit But it's this game love I'm caught up all in it They make it so you can't prevent it Never give it you gotta take it Can't fake it I keep it authentic My hand got this pistol shaking Cause I sense danger like Camp Crystal Laking Don't wanna shoot him but I got him Trapped within this infrared dot About to hide him in Hit rock bottom No answers to these trick questions No time shit stressing My life found I got to live for the right now Time waits for no man Can't turn back the hands Once it's too late Gotta learn to live with regret You used to hold me Told me that I was the best Anything in this world I want I could possess All that made me want Is all that I can get In order to survive Gotta learn to live with regrets When I was young You used to hold me Told me I was the best Anything in this world I want I could possess All that made me want is all that I can get In order to survive, gotta learn to live with regrets by myself reminiscing, remember this one When he was here, he was crazy nice with his son I miss him, long as I'm living, he's living through memories He's there to kill all my suicidal tendencies In heaven looking over me, or in hell Keeping it cozy, I'm coming, life on these streets Ain't what it's supposed to be, remember Newton Mutual friend with me and him, feuding On your life, I try to talk to him But you know niggas, think they guns could stop four niggas Fronting like they big willy, but really old niggas, whole niggas this year I show niggas think I'm slipping I'm about to send you a roommate, no bullshitting But my hustle's going too well to hit him You was right, niggas want you to be miserable with him Anyway, I ain't trying to hear it I think I'm touched, this whole verse I've been talking to your spirit Little too much This is the number one rule for your set In order to survive, gotta learn to live with regrets On the rise to the top, many drop Don't forget in order to survive Gotta learn to live with regrets Number one rule for your set in order to survive, gotta learn to live with regrets. If 
before you set in order to survive Gotta learn to live with regrets Rise to the top, many drop, don't forget it In order to survive, gotta learn to live with regrets It's a taste sick and sit a podcast Yes indeed Make sure you share the podcast I'm back on my shit Back on my shit, a taste took and sit a podcast, let's go!